0: title of the message is The Power of Same. The Power of Same. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, there's power in the same. There's power in the same. Type that in the comments section, if you will, online. And really what we're leaning into today is this verse from Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight that says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do me a favor and circle that word same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One of the most amazing things about our God, one of the most incredible things about Jesus is that he's always the same. He is as good as he can possibly get. He loves you and is committed to you as, poss- as much as he possibly can right now in this moment. His holiness really attributes to the fact that he is consistent, that he is the same, not just then, but now and forever. That is the God that we believe in. That is the God that we've trusted with our lives. I like that, because we know what it's like to be friends with that person who we never know what version of them we're gonna get, right? Like when we're hanging out with them, we're like, oh man, please be the good version and not the complaining, drag the room down, like negative person, right? And if you don't know who that person is, it might be you in your circle. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. It's not you, but we know that that's a stretch, right? We know that that's a burden to be around. Jesus is always the same. He's always lifting you up. He's always forgiving. He's always encouraging you. He's always gonna be there for you because he is consistent, he is committed, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Write this down for me. What I really want us to unpack this morning is that Jesus is still doing the same thing that he did while he was here on earth. Listen, at local church, we believe that Jesus didn't just live for 30 years and conquer the grave and go back to heaven and now he's just sitting reclined, not doing anything. We believe he is alive and active today, that he's still performing miracles, that he's still changing and saving lives, that we still get to be the hands and feet of Jesus here on this earth because he's still doing the same thing that he did. Come on, if you believe that today, give me a good amen. Let's get ready to go, yeah. Come on, 11, I know, we got, that, we got that little extra sleep, so sometimes we gotta wake up, but we're ready, I need those amens, those applauses, because it's good, and we're excited, it's a conversation today, remember that, but Jesus is still performing miracles. He's still doing the same world-changing things that he did thousands of years ago, he's doing them now. Only difference is he's doing them through his followers. He's doing it through his people. He's doing it through his church, and that's what you get to be a part of. Really, I wanna, I wanna speak some encouragement to you today. Because so often, it's all about the new thing for us sometimes, right? The new, different thing. After a few months, or a year, a couple years, we get bored with maybe the job that we have, or the house that we live in, or if you're like me, every time the new iPhone comes out, even though it might just be a little different, the camera's a little more clear, the battery gives you five minutes more battery life, you're like, I need it, it's the new thing, I have to have it, right? Well, when it comes to God, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, the power is not necessarily in the new thing, but the power is in the same consistent Jesus that is here with us today because of what Romans chapter eight says. Romans chapter eight, verse 11, it says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Would you underline that last phrase for me? This same spirit living within you man, it's one of my favorite verses to read that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside me today. Come on, the same spirit that conquered the grave, that brought forgiveness and freedom to the entire world, that same spirit that conquered death is in you today when we trust and surrender our lives to Jesus. So if it can conquer death, I promise you it can conquer anything that you're going through right now. That depression, that anxiety, that lack of purpose, or that isolation that you feel. The Spirit that is inside of you because of Jesus can move and conquer and bring new life to you today. And it's the same. It's good. It's always been there, and it's always going to be there. So what does that mean for us? What's the significance for you and me? Well, this right here is that we are a part of that same story today. Today we're a part of that story, bringing good news to a dark and hurting world man, no matter what our job is, no matter what our relationship situation is, no matter what we're going through, we have one significant thing about us that keeps us going, that keeps us moving forward, and that's that we're a part of the story of Jesus today, that we're bringing good news and hope to a dark and hurting world today. So it's bigger than my job. It's bigger than my current situation. It's bigger than things I may be going through because I know I'm a part of something that's bigger than me. I'm a part of something that changes the world. Listen, your life is not just a foot note in the story of the gospel we know the main character is jesus but he lives and breathes through all these other little characters in the story and that's us as we bring the hope of jesus local as we help people know that it actually can get better that it doesn't always have to be this way that god wants to meet them right where they're at man i love stories It's why I can binge watch an entire season of a show like overnight, because I just love good stories. Finally being able to go back to the movies, right? I love stories, they're great, they're powerful. Well, what really excites me is that I'm a part of the greatest story ever told. That's still being told today. There's only one story that changes this world and the next. And that's the good news story of the gospel message of Jesus. And you're a part of that. Jesus stepped into your story or he wants to step into your story today. And it's beautiful, it's powerful, and man, he's with you today. So let's talk about the same Jesus that did some amazing things years ago and how he's doing them right now. Would you bow your heads and prayer with me this morning as we open up this our time together? God, I'm so thankful for everybody here. I'm so thankful that there's power in the same, that you are a good God who's always been good and always will be. Now we pray today that we would write some notes down. We'd follow along in the YouVersion app or in our own Bibles and let your scripture, let your words speak to our hearts today. We would listen and lean in. I'm so thankful for every single person in this room. So thankful for all of our local kids next door. Pray that you would help them have a great day at church to know that Jesus loves them and he's their very best friend. And we'd see them fall in love with you, God, at a very young age. And we're so thankful for all of our kids' team next door as well. And God, we trust you today. We listen to you. We surrender just these next few moments so that you can speak to us. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, come on, we all say amen, amen. Let's go, let's go today. Woo, I'm excited. I'm ready to go because I really have been encouraged by this message today because I'm seeing how, man, even more so in my life, year after year, the good news of Jesus has become so significant to me because number one, I realize where I would be without that good news, but number two, I'm seeing the impact it's having on people's lives. We begin to approach life differently when we realize the significance that is on our lives. Now, I, I told you before, one of my favorite gifts that I've gotten this year, my birthday was back in April. One of the big gifts that I got was a brand new bike. I was really excited to get it because I knew I knew I needed to work out to get back in shape. Only problem is I absolutely hate running, just running is no fun. I don't understand the people that like running. If you do, that's okay, it's just something about you I'll never get, all right? I don't like running, because number one, I'm not very good at it. And number two, like when you get to the end of the day, you're like, what did I accomplish, right? Like, oh, I ran a mile. That doesn't sound, one mile, that's it? And I'm moving so slow while I'm doing it? No. So I'm a bit, I like to bike, all right? I like to ride my bike because at the end of the day, I know I'm moving way faster on this bike, and I'm doing like 20, 30 miles, which makes me sound way cooler than just one measly mile, right, okay? I'm just, that's where I'm at. So I wanted a new bike to so get back in shape, get some recreation going. And I enjoyed it for a long time, and what I realized was I was having so much fun with it that I wanted to invite my son to join me. And so for Father's Day, I asked for one of those little seats that you can attach to your bike that he can sit in. Here's just a beautiful picture of him right here. If we have, there he is, looks so cute. Got his car's helmet on, got his car's shirt on, just so cute, just my little best friend back there, right? And we've had a great time. Now, it took a little while for him to get to where he can wear his helmet, because you know he just doesn't like things on his head. He's goofy like that. But we got him in there and we strapped him in and he's really enjoying it. But what I've quickly realized is, yes, I'm, I'm enjoying it with him as well, but now my experience riding this bike is completely different. Because there's an extra like 30 to 40 pounds on this bike behind me. And I wish, now I love my son. He's full of energy, he loves life. Now, Shepard is not the type of three-year-old kid that's gonna sit in this seat and be like, ah, This is so great, Father. Thank you so much for riding me down this street. I am just gonna sit here completely still and not move because I know you're doing a lot to try and help me balance. No, he, as you can see, with his hands, he is like, this is so fun, Daddy. Look, look at that cloud. Look at that tree. Look at that doggy. Go faster, go faster. Can we go to the park? Yeah, like he's so much back and forth, moving my bike back and forth where I'm like, oh, God, please don't let us fall because my wife will never forget. Forgive me, right? Like, let's just keep going, Shepherd. Yeah, buddy, we're having fun back there. Luckily, you have your helmet on, right? Well, it's completely changed the way I ride my bike when he's back there. I grip the handlebars a little tighter. I'm a little more focused in what's going on in our surroundings. I'm a little bit more intentional with the direction that I take, right? Because I know that this precious life is behind me, and this precious life isn't necessarily making it a little easier to do this, but I know as his dad, I'm helping him experience something he could never experience on his own. There's no way he could ride a bike that size, that fast, to the places that we can go, because he's little and he's small. But I can invite him into my experience, even though it may feel a little burdensome and and a little bit harder for me, why? Because I love to see that smile and those little hands go like that. See, that's what understanding about the significance of what Jesus has done for you and me and the significance of sharing that with other people is like. Yeah, we gotta grab the handlebars a little tighter. We gotta be a little bit more intentional with our life. It might be a little shaky. It might be a little bit more self-sacrificing and things like that, but you know what? It's worth it. Because we're not only letting people smile and experience the joy of Jesus, we're helping their spirits and their souls smile as well, to experience a little bit more forgiveness and freedom, to understand that Jesus came to bring them hope. That hope has a name, and that name is Jesus, like we say here all the time. So it's worth holding the handlebars a little tightly. It's worth w- wobbling back and forth to help that experience happen for people in our life who are hurting, who are in a dark place, who are lost and isolated. It's worth it. It's significant. It's important. And we're a part part of the same story of how Jesus changed the world and is still changing the world today with the same grave conquering spirit that lives inside him, lives inside you today. If you're thankful for that, let's agree, let's believe it this morning. And like I said, I really want to unpack the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is literally called that because its title is the Acts of the Apostles, pretty much saying, hey, here's what the followers of Jesus did to build the capital C church so that we could be doing what we're doing today. In Acts chapter eight, verse four, there's this really powerful verse that says this, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. I want you to circle that word scattered because I want to, detail out what's going on, give you some context for, context for this one verse. So at this point, we're eight chapters into the book of Acts. It starts with Jesus telling his followers as he ascends to heaven. I mean, last time I checked, when someone is ascending to heaven, floating up into the sky, I'm probably going to listen to every word they have to say. If you ever want to get my attention, start ascending to, the, to heaven and I'll listen to you, all right? But they're listening to Jesus and he's telling them it's time to go into the world, all the world. And he gives them the specific locations. He doesn't just say into your hometown. He says to this city and to this nation and to every corner of the ends of the earth. He tells them that this message is not just for you and not just to live comfortably, but to live called and live with a purpose to bring this good news out all over the world. And We're thankful that they did that because that's why we're able to do what we do today. But for eight chapters of the book of Acts, what also begins to happen is actual persecution. Now, we talk a little bit about the church being persecuted here today. It's not actual persecution when you really think about what that word means. Being a little inconvenienced here and there, what they're going through. What these followers of Jesus were going through was the threat of being thrown in to the Colosseum with a lion that would eat them alive just for owning a Bible, or just for not really owning a Bible, but for talking about Jesus, for teaching the teachings of Jesus, for gathering together. There were empires and regimes that hated this. They were thrown in prison. They were killed. They were martyred. All of the above, actual persecution to help the good news continue forward. But why did that happen? Well, I think we find it in this word, scattered, See, the original Greek that Luke, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he uses this word diaspora, if you want to put it up on the screen. I think I pronounced it right. But what this word literally means, if we have it, I think we do, because we had a last service. Here we go, here we go. It's, it's, it'll come up there. But anyway, diaspora is the word, and what it means is to sow seed throughout, like scattering, there it is, scattering seeds, right, and planting something, throwing them out. And why Luke uses this word is because that's exactly what's happening. See, it's not just the term like scatter, like you would scatter ashes, and you throw it out there, and it disappears. It's scattering and sowing with intent, like to plant something, so that something just doesn't stay here. Now we pick it up as a farmer would, and we harvest it out, and it plants in all these different areas. No, I believe God allowed that, I don't, I don't necessarily believe God brought the persecution as punishment and to move things around, but I do believe he allowed it so that his things that he told them could continue to happen. Remember what Jesus said, hey, it's time to go. And the people stand there for so long that literally the Bible tells us that a couple angels appear in the clouds and say, hey, what are you doing? He just told you to go, so Go. And then this persecution comes in to really make sure they scatter throughout the world at that time to bring the seeds of the good news of the gospel to people who desperately need it. See, sometimes we're going to go through some difficult situations in life is because God is trying to remind us and align us back with the purpose that he created us for because he knows that if we don't get back on that, we're only going to step into a life that's maybe happy sometimes but not ultimately fulfilled. Not the exact life that he wants for us that is full of purpose, that is full of strength, and full of really making a difference in the world around us. Here's the thing about the book of Acts that I love so much, write this down for me. It's that ordinary people helped spread the gospel. Ordinary people helped spread the gospel. I think that's really humbling for us to remember. That it wasn't guys up on stages that helped spread the gospel. It was ordinary people who are bringing bringing this good news message from home to home, helping people, serving them. The Bible talks about the amazing generosity that the early church practiced for anyone who walked through their doors to serve and care and to share whatever they had so that someone else could experience a little bit better version of life, but also that they could see the power of Jesus at display, on display, in front of them. Ordinary people, wasn't people that had it all together, it was messed up people, right? We see these stories all the time in the book of Acts. I love, one of my favorite ones is we see this story of a guy named Philip who's pretty much just walking down the road and this chariot rolls by him and he hears the guy in the chariot start talking about the thing that he's reading and he's reading about the scriptures. He's reading about what God has said about his, his love and his teachings, and he literally says, Would, if there's someone out there that can explain this to me, please help me. I need someone to explain this to me. Anyone ever had something like that where you're reading like a textbook or studying for a test, and you're just like, please someone help me with this. Explain it to me so I can understand it, right? It's essentially what happens with this Ethiopian guy that's in a chariot riding by, and Philip hears him, Hears him say, help me understand this. If only there was someone who could help me understand this. He's like, hey, I can help you. And the chariot stops and and Philip talks to this Ethiopian guy and they discuss about Jesus and what the gospel means and why Jesus came and all the above. And the Ethiopian guy gives his life to Jesus. He's baptized there right in a body of water on the road. And the Bible says that in that moment, as soon as the guy came out of the water, Philip disappears and he appears somewhere else to keep spreading the good news. I think, I'm like, God, that'd be cool. Like I wanna go baptize someone out on the beach, and then when, when they come up, I'm gone, I'm somewhere else just still speaking the good news. I think that would be cool. I want to, when I get to heaven, I wanna ask Philip, Philip, what was that like, That was it, was it weird? Was it like in Star Trek where they like beat me up? Like, what happened there? I wanna know, because it's just, that's, that's the amazing things that happen. Maybe you are more familiar with someone by the name of Peter who followed Jesus. You can't get more ordinary than Peter. All right? Peter was an older guy in the disciples. He had really just lived a very ordinary, mundane life. He wasn't smart enough to be a religious leader. He wasn't a very good fisherman, because there's, there's more, a lot of times where he's standing there and there's no fish in his net, so he obviously wasn't very good at it. Just an ordinary guy, but he made a really extraordinary decision. And that was to follow Jesus with his life, to simply say yes to Jesus no matter what. And what happens in the beginning of the book of Acts is that the the persecution is starting and people are wondering what the disciples are doing about the message of Jesus and the good news and Peter gets up and shares like a really brilliant and powerful message that goes detail by detail of things that happened in the Old Testament and why Jesus came and what happened because of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for forgiveness and freedom. It's really great and you're reading this and you're like, this isn't the same guy that just denied Jesus like a few chapters ago, is it? But it is because the power of the Holy Spirit is now living and breathing inside of him, and he's pretty much just stepping out out of his his ordinary position and trusting an extraordinary God. And the Bible tells us in that moment 5,000 people said yes to Jesus in an instant because an ordinary person said, you know what? I think I've got something to say because I've seen Jesus move in my life. I've seen him raise the dead. I've seen him walk on water. I'll just share about that, and maybe God will give me the things to say. It's exactly what can happen in your life. We would just open our mouth to the people around us. God will provide the words, and it'll be more powerful than anything you could ever write or come up with. The simple thing is to realize I'm ordinary, but there's an extraordinary God moving in me and through me, I mean, I'm just gonna speak, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, because that's the God that's on my side. The same spirit is living in me. Acts chapter four, verse 12 is part of one of the things that Peter says. He says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. It's, think about it our way, we say it, right? Hope is not a feeling or an emotion. Hope is a person, that person has a name and that name is Jesus. It's no other name, that's it, that is the way. We don't have to try and figure this out. We don't have to figure out the new way or the new thing that's important. It's just Jesus, that is it. Jesus has always been enough, he's still enough, and he will always be enough no matter what for the end of time, because that's who he is. He's the son of God, he is the alpha and omega. He is, that's it, period, right? That's who Jesus is, Is what he came to do. Some of, sometimes we hear people say, well, it's kind of prideful and arrogant for you to say that the way that you believe is the only way. Well, listen, I'm gonna tell you I'm 100% confident that what we believe in is the truth. And and now, again, we have to speak that with grace and love and not in punishment and condemnation and a pointed finger. But here's the thing I wanna tell you. I was a religious studies major at USF. I've studied all of them, and they all pretty much try and do one thing. Describe how we can get to God, to make God love us to do the right things, to achieve these different things so that God looks at us with favor and loves us and uh, trying to always achieve his acceptance or this stage of spiritual enlightenment or whatever it might be. It's all the same, our man's attempt to describe God But if you look across the spectrum, there is only one religion, there is only one way of belief that talks about a God who yes, created us and breathed life into us, but at every single moment throughout his time was trying to get Back to us to make a way so that we could be back in relationship with him. There is only one God that gave up his deity to step down here in the darkness of this earth, to be with you and me, to show us what it would be like if God walked the earth in the face of Jesus. There is only one God that came down because, again, Christianity is not about religion. It's about relationship. It's about God coming down and stepping into life with us so that we could be forgiven and set free. So listen, here's the thing to say. Yes, it is the only way because Jesus, Jesus is the only God who made a way for his people to be in relationship with him. That's the truth. That's the platform that we're standing on. And again, we don't smack anybody in the face with it. We just let them know, hey, here's why I believe this. I mean, it just makes sense. And there's so much that shows us that the God that we believe in is a personal, caring, relational God. Only name, only name. So what are we doing, okay? All right, Ryan, I get it, I get it. It's important, it's important. Well, let me give you some ideas of how we're still moving in the same power of what Jesus was doing here on this earth, what the disciples, what the apostles, what his followers were doing. We're still operating, and we have the opportunity of that same power. Let me give you three quick things for the power of the same. Number one, the plan is the same. Help people know Jesus. That's the plan. There's nothing bigger than that, right? That's what Sundays for us are about, That's what relationship here is about, helping people know Jesus. We want you to know our church, we want you to know us, because we think we're pretty good people, but most importantly, we want you to know Jesus. That's why the first line there is experience God, because we believe the most important relationship in your life is God. The most important relationship in your life is with Jesus. So if we can help you know him, you're gonna know hope. You're gonna know joy. You're gonna know forgiveness and freedom. You're gonna know the life that you were created to have. It's about knowing him day by day and building a relationship with him. That's still the same plan. It's all the apostles were doing, helping people know Jesus because for so long they were told that God wanted nothing to do with them unless they were good enough. But the other idea is that that purpose, the same purpose fills that same plan which is personal witness and story. Man, there's nothing more powerful than your story. That's pretty much what the apostles were doing. They talked about how Jesus had stepped into their life and who they were before him and what he did and how he showed them who they really were and how they saw him do miracles and it changed the way they thought and it the changed the, change the way they approached their life. There's nothing more powerful than your story. People can argue till they're blue in the face about whether or not God is real, but they cannot argue what he's done in your life. They cannot argue how you were once this way, now you're that way. I encourage people all the time, one of the best things you can do is become a professional in what I call your BC days, your before Christ days. To remember that man, I was once this way, but now I'm this way. I'll just tell you mine really quickly, it's pretty easy. I was an insecure, angry, frustrated, isolated person. I was so angry because I felt I was accepted nowhere. I was so angry because I felt like I was trying to achieve all these things and none of it was happening. I was so insecure, I was afraid of my own shadow. But now, not because of anything I figured out, not because of any self-help plan because I didn't need any more help from myself because I was my own worst enemy. Because of Jesus, I'm secure in the fact knowing that I'm a son of God who he created, who he's proud of, who he wanted to have a relationship with. I understand that even though I have sinned and I have messed up, I don't have to isolate myself and my mistakes I can be forgiven, and I can step into new life. And when I know that, it builds a lot more gratitude in my life. I'm way more thankful for where I've been brought. Because if you look back and you see, woo, how did I get there? I don't know, but I know, the, I know the one name that got me through it is Jesus. It's like those moments when you drive home like really late at night, and you're in your drive, you're like, whoa, how did I get here? Sometimes I have those moments like, "How did I get here?" I thought, I mean, I don't know. Luckily, I did. I mean, it's the muscle memory of just keep going and knowing that, man, in our life, how did I get here? Jesus was watching out for me; he was helping me get here. A personal witness of my story. And the third thing is, it's the same power, the Holy Spirit. It's what it is. And the idea of the Holy Spirit has been hijacked for many years to be this weird, unapproachable, forceful thing that now kind of freaks people out. But that's not what the Holy Spirit is. What is the Holy Spirit? Well, here's what Jesus says about him, that he's gonna leave us with someone who is even greater and that because of his power, we're gonna do even greater works through seeing what Jesus does through the Capital C Church. Jesus calls him our advocate who advocates for us He calls him our counselor who walks with us and listens to us and empowers us to continue in this life. We believe in the Holy Spirit so much. In a few months, we're gonna do a whole collection of talks just about the Holy Spirit because this is not about me getting through my life and my own personal strength. It's about the strength of the Holy Spirit, getting stronger, being more filled up, and understanding that the only way I can do this is because of the Holy Spirit. And it's not weird, it's not meant to stress us out or freak us out or become this unapproachable thing. It's the power that we're invited to it's the power that Jesus left us. The same power, the same spirit. It's why the gospel good news message of Jesus spread like wildfire after Jesus left. Because Jesus laid the foundation and the Holy Spirit was the one who, man, helped that message change so many lives. And we're still doing that today. We're still living that out. That's the power that you and I get to walk with every day. Check this verse out, Acts chapter 17, verse 27 and 28. Man, I love this verse so much. It says this, it says his purpose, God's purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. This is the phrase, this is the verse, this is what it's all about. God's purpose was never for us to figure this out on our own, but it was was to seek after him and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. See, this is Paul talking and and he's detailing out other things that philosophers and religious leaders at this time would say. They would say, God wants nothing to do with you. There is a God out there, but he's completely separated from this world. He created us and stepped away, and only a few of us have the knowledge about him. But Paul is saying something completely different. He's saying, no, God wants to be found. God wants to find you. God wants to be involved in your life. God wants you to feel how maybe sometimes through that darkness to find the light of salvation that is available to you. I want you to underline this phrase today because maybe this will be a really great foundational piece for you. Though he is not far away from any one of us, and he's not far from you today, Jesus is closer than you think. It may feel like you're 99 steps away from him, but I promise you're just one, and it's just the, ah, there you are, Jesus, you've always been there. You've been there with me no matter what. Because how do we get through this life? How do we do this thing called life? For in Jesus, we live and we move and we exist. We live because of the very breath of God that is inside our lungs today. We move with the purpose that Jesus gave us, saying, hey, go tell the world this good news, and we exist by the power of the Holy Spirit that is moving in us and through us that raised Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit exists in us today, and man, we're running with it, because God wants people to know him. He wants to bring people back into his family to be called his sons and daughters again. It was so significant, so important, so serious, the Son of God gave his life for it. And man, it can help us. These little simple things that we do, coming to church, memorizing what God's word says, spending time, man, God, I'm available, here I am. I just, these little things add up. Sometimes we think about these little things that we do are never gonna ever amount up to anything, right? Like, God, what are you ever gonna do through this? I just found out that something I've spent a lot of time doing just saved someone's life. I I was reading a story about a a father who's done the same thing I've done, and he was playing with his young daughter, his four-year-old daughter in the backyard, her name was Vera, and they were playing in the backyard, they were playing tag, and suddenly she collapsed, and he had no idea why. He didn't know what to do, but something clicked in his head, it reminded him that he had watched something and seen something at one point that gave him instructions on how to do, and how to practice CPR. And so he got down with his daughter and began to practice CPR, remembering something that he had seen so many times, something he had watched for hours, day after day, and it had prepared him for this moment to give CPR to his daughter from the times that he was binge-watching The Office on Netflix. He found, he remembers this episode where they literally teach how to perform CPR, and he said he got down on his daughter and just started doing CPR, because in that episode, they teach you that you're supposed to do it to the rhythm of staying alive. Uh, uh, uh uh, stay alive, stay alive. And he does that until the paramedics get there and the paramedics tell him, thank God you did that because it kept her heart beating. It kept her alive until we were able to get here to put her on a defibrillator and bring her really back to life. They found out that she had a really young version of arrhythmia in her heart. And this, just because this goofy little thing clicked in his heart, clicked in his mind, he was able to save his daughter's life. I promise you, as much as I watch The Office and spend a lot of time doing that, the message of the gospel, it's gonna have these moments where you're gonna see someone in despair. You're gonna see someone going through something. And I pray in your mind, man, where have I seen this before? My whole life, what can I do? Man, I know hope has a name and that name is Jesus. It's the same plan, it's the same purpose, it's the same power today. Maybe I can speak just the little things that I know. Maybe I can just, I just that's all I know how to do. Maybe I can just do this. Maybe it'll be just long enough. Maybe it'll be just enough encouragement, just enough of a person in their corner to get them to that place where they can meet the life-saving person of Jesus. If that's what it takes, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna step into these opportunities. I'm not gonna let them go by because, man, that's what I'm here to do. It's the power of the same. I'm just the same ordinary person the disciples were with an extraordinary God on my side. Write write these few statements down as we close today, man. I think they're so good. It says this, it's when God gets in the middle of ordinary stuff, nothing is ever the same. My encouragement to you today would be to invite God into the middle, not to keep him at a distance, not to keep him segmented on Sunday mornings, but to invite him into the middle of your life. Invite him into the middle of your mess because man, that's where God is God. That's where God shows himself to be true. And it's not just in the things that we're comfortable inviting God to, it's in the stuff that we're hiding away. It's in the darkness, it's in the secrets. It's in even the things that, the decisions that we're trying to make in our job situation, in our future, invite God into the middle. It might be frustrating, it might be difficult sometimes, but man, I promise you, God knows better. And God leads you to fulfillment and purpose. Because that's the God that he is. Invite him into the middle of it. Let him hold things together, but also... Let them help you continue to move forward, no matter what. Second thing is this, man, I love this. Speaking out loud about God brings life to the work the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart. When we speak out loud about what God's done, man, it brings life. It shows us that, man, God truly is a good God. Just like I was talking about before, the personal story, your personal witness. When we speak those things out loud, there is so much power in them. I know sometimes it's our, it's our temptation to hold it on the inside or hold things quietly and not really speak them out, not really share them, but there's power when we do that. I, I was reading about a survey or in a study that they did really dealing with the power of speaking things out loud. And there were two different groups in the study. They had one group that they would pretty much give something like a Where's Waldo book. If you ever had one of those, it's like a big picture book. All these little things on the page and you gotta find Where's Waldo, right? He's got the striped bandana or a a beanie. He's got the striped sweater. You gotta find him. One group, they said, while you're looking for Waldo, while you're looking for these hidden things in this picture, I want you to stay completely quiet. Just focus and stay quiet. Then the second group, they said, we want you to look for Waldo, but we want you to speak out loud what you're looking for. Okay, where's Waldo? I'm looking for him. He's got the striped beanie, he's got the striped sweater. Where is he? Where is he? Okay, I'm looking for Waldo, looking for Waldo. Would you believe that there was a huge difference in the time it took the group that had to speak out loud to find what they were looking for versus the ones that were told to keep quiet. It's the same in our life. When we keep quiet about the things that we're looking for, how does anyone know that they can help us with it? How does God know even what to do if we never actually speak them out loud? But it's when you come into this place, into your quiet time with God, into your circle, small group relationships, and you say, man, I'm looking for joy because I'm feeling it right now. I'm looking for encouragement because I'm feeling discouraged right now. God, I need some strength today because I'm feeling weak I want to promise you that when you speak it out loud God hears it people hear it and they want to lift you up and help you and encourage you and strengthen you because there's power to speak it out loud the Holy Spirit activates and moves because of those moments we got to speak out loud we got to share them because what we have inside of us is too important the third thing is this is Jesus didn't die for his people to survive this world but to overcome the world through him. Jesus didn't just die so he could survive, but to actually overcome the world through him. Man, I just don't wanna be at this place in life where I'm just going from one day to the other, where it's like, Sundays are great, oh, but then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, just surviving. I don't want that. I don't want that for you either. I want you to realize that it's about overcoming you here today, for you watching online, this is about overcoming this life. To not just be the victim to your situation and realize that, okay, I'm just going to keep going through it and eventually I'll get over it. No, to realize that you have victory over your situation, that you have overcome these things because the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, is living inside you today and is on your side. So today you are an overcomer. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus. So let's live that way. Let's live as overcomers. Let's live as victors victors today, not just people who are surviving things, that when you have, when you overcome something, man, you realize you have a story to tell, that you realize that the storm tried to kill you, but you made it through, that the problem tried to defeat you, but you made it through, that right now the situation is too much than you can handle, but you know that your God is a good God, he's going to help you overcome, man, it's just a different perspective, it's a different mindset, it's not woe is me, it's like woe is God and he's on my side, That's what it's about. And man, what we have inside of us, it's too important not to share. It's what Paul begins to close Acts with. Acts chapter 20, it says this, but my life is worth nothing to me. Now, I have to tell you, sometimes people read that line and they encourage us to lead a life of almost unhappiness. Like everything you gotta do, you're not supposed to be happy. You're not supposed to have anything. It's all about service. It's all about, ugh. that's not what this says. Really important word, unless. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. And if I use my life for spreading the good news, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God, if I use my life for that, it's worth everything. But outside of that it's nothing because it's only doing earthly good. But when I give my life and trust Jesus with everything that I have, when I use my life for this good work, it is not only earthly good, it is eternally good as well. This is what it's all about. I can't help but stay silent because I know who I was and I know who I am now because of Jesus. I know I'm not a survivor. I'm an overcomer because of Jesus. I know that I'm just not living by my own power. I'm living by the same spiritual power that raised Jesus from the dead to death. Come on, it's a different perspective. It's the same, but it's a choice. As we close today, I just wanted to share with you a simple story once again to realize the power that we have. And kind of an interesting story, you're going to see a picture of a Russian soldier up on the screen. This guy's name is Stanislav Petrov. That is as Russian as you can get. Um, But I was reading a story about him. They actually did a documentary on him a few years ago. And he's known in some historical circles as the man who saved the world. Because here's what his job was. His job during the Cold War in the early 80s was to monitor their system they had, their radar system, to detect whether or not the United States had launched a nuclear missile against Russia. That's all his job was, to sit there. Pretty important job. And he talks about how one day everything changed. He was monitoring this radar system, monitoring the messages and notifications that would inform him if an attack had been performed. And he said all of a sudden, all his instruments, all his notifications, all his radar systems began to go off that the, Amer- that the Americans at the United States had launched a nuclear missile towards Russia. And that his immediate reaction was to, be, was to call mission control or whatever so that they could retaliate right away before the missiles would hit their homeland, their country. And then it, I was reading this article and he talks about how there was something in me in that moment that just froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't pick up the phone and call, I couldn't radio in, I just, something wasn't right. Because everything was perfectly aligned, there had to just didn't make sense. And it was only about 30 to 60 seconds that he waited, but he began to see that there was actually a bug in the system, it was a false alarm. But here's the thing, if he had picked up that phone, we probably wouldn't be experiencing life the way we are right now. We'd be in some sort of nuclear wasteland, maybe with four arms or whatever, like all that weird stuff, right? We wouldn't be here. So kind of the man who saved the world because he didn't say anything. He was froze. On the exact opposite importance and significance is us to say something. We can't sit and watch. Now, it helped that situation. It doesn't help the eternal situation when it comes to Jesus. It's good news that we have to share. It's good news that we have to tell people. It's things that we have to begin to show out in our life and display in our life because it's good news that people desperately need to hear, that people desperately need in their life. And it's the same that Jesus walked with. The same story, the same power is with you today some of us we need to get back in the opportunity of that we need to get back in perspective of that we've been running the sidelines for a little while not serving or making a difference with the purpose and God given talents that we've been given, some of us were sitting on the sidelines at our job or in our families not speaking about the hope that we have in Jesus, some of us we haven't invited God to the middle of our lives yet because we're nervous or we're afraid he's going to let us down, we just don't know if we fully believe it yet, can I tell you today hey just make the same decision that all those followers of Jesus did and it was a simple yes, knowing they're an ordinary person, but an extraordinary God wants to have a relationship with them. So a simple yes could change everything. So can I, if I can encourage you today, the power of the same is the power of the same yes that the disciples gave, that generations of followers of Jesus have given a simple yes. Give God your yes today, and he'll give you a life you never thought possible, not just here on earth, but for eternity. If you believe that with me, give me a good amen today. Amen, yes, so good. Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.